Welcome to episode 58 of How About Them Huskies. I'm Connor, as always, joined by Matt and Andrew. And we got a really, really big game to recap. A big game, not necessarily the, the stakes of the game, but the way it went down. UConn, yesterday, two days ago when you're seeing this, destroyed Xavier. There's no other way to put it. 99 to 56, and you could argue it wasn't even as close as that 43-point margin. I don't know how high it got the lead. I should definitely have that and not not know a fact a minute into this podcast, but it was just complete domination from the Huskies from start to finish, especially the start. Xavier had like seven points in the first 13 minutes or something like that. They couldn't get anything going, and we certainly got things going. As always, Tristan Newton was at the center of that. He had 22 points. He hit four threes. A lot of threes fell for the Huskies. They tied a program record with 17. Remember last year in the PK Invitational opener against Oregon, they hit 17. They matched that number again two days or yesterday and really just overall a great team effort I mean 17 threes 10 different guys hit a three which has never happened in NCAA history the record was nine we broke it with 10 I'll run them down real quick from most likely to least likely we'll do it that way Newton Caravan Spencer Ball Diara Stewart Klingon hit a three can't forget that who else Brumaglue oh, I should have went in order I'm lost Castle and Hurley but I'm sure I missed one in there, but 10 guys hit a three. You don't see that every day and just overall a great win. I'm sure we'll get into the details after this. Well, I do want to point out that when we go to a game together, the three of us, we are three and out because we were at that game together. We're at the biggies tournament against Providence and then Villanova. We were all at, so we are three and out when the three of us go to games together. So if, Dan Hurley, or if you're watching this and you want to send us to the rest of the games for the season for free, I am on board with that idea. But that was that game just start to finish was just a complete abomination. Xavier obviously looked like they didn't want to go there or be there. Um, they just they looked terrible from the start. Their passing was terrible, although our defense was really good. They just we had it, they didn't, and just everything was working for us yesterday. It was honestly. I think it's fair to say it's the best game we've played all season, honestly. You know, I don't want to take anything away from us, but, I mean, this honestly could just be a testament to Xavier. you got to look at both sides. I mean, obviously, we, you know, beat the brakes off of them, but not a good look for Xavier, who are now 10-10. and 10. They lost a lot of guys um, towards the end of last year and then coming into this year, so they are an entirely different team, but it really just looks like teams don't know what to do uh, now that Donovan Klingon's back. He's been such a game-changer. Ever since he came back, I mean, the one game that we lost, uh, Kansas, and then he missed the second half of the Hall game. So, I mean, it could just be a sense of, you know, Donovan Klingon is that guy, and he's worth a top 10 pick. So I'm really curious to see throughout the rest of the, the, rest of the year, um, you know, when will that next loss be? We talked about it. Uh, some of our games have passed already. So I'm just very curious about that. Yeah, when we did that exercise, I said, if we lose a home game, this one's a sneaky one. No, it wasn't. It was just like the second highest Big East margin we've had in program history, 43 points, I believe. One year we beat Cincinnati by 45, which like mid-2000s, that is the record for UConn. But, I mean, you don't see us doing this to cupcakes. We play like Manhattan or I forget who we played, but you don't even see us do this against DePaul. Maybe last year when we started, what, 28 to two against them. You see that, but you mentioned Xavier. They're kind they're 10 and 10. They're, they're not having a great year compared to last year, but they're still, 
they're still in a, like an outside chance, so kind of on the bubble. It's not like they're they they're a team that just like they're, like DePaul this year. They're they're a team that could win a game. They they're four and five in conference. They're kind of right in the middle of the pack there. They played us tight in Cincy. Obviously, we didn't have Klingon and Caravan got banged up there. He had remember he had the stitches. They only won by five. I want to say or we only won by five. I want to say in that one, but. Yeah, I, I certainly expected this one to be a lot closer than it was when I got to the arena, but the Huskies just proved me wrong. Donovan Klingon, he did play in this one. He had one of his more dominant games. He hit his first three. Everyone was going nuts when that happened. It, it was a it was a perfect shot. You'd think he, it was his 100th career three, the way it splashed right through. He went eight for nine. He had 18 points. This is one of the games where he only played 19 minutes. If he played... 30 minutes, he could easily have 30-plus points. He, they weren't stopping him down, though. They had no answers. One of Xavier's weaknesses we knew was their front court, and clearly no match for Klingon. He he had 18 points, and Stefan Castle had 12. He had one of his most solid overall games. The numbers weren't all there. He really started off hot. He had seven points in the first couple of minutes. But a guy I'm really, really hyped up for after his performance is solo ball. He really kind of fell out of the rotation the past couple of games against these tougher opponents at home versus Creighton and then on the road in Philly against Nova. But 19 minutes, 12 points, four or five from three. The only reason he missed a three is because he had to jack one up at the end of a shot clock because we got a loose ball or something. I don't remember exactly what it was, but that was, I think, the best solo balls played all year. And it's great to have that, especially after he's been kind of – he played, what, a combined less than 10 minutes the past two games. So, yeah, massive for solo ball. I mean, everybody was on their game, honestly. But I I don't know if that clinging three, I was I was going crazy because I yelled shoot it the first time when he passed it, and so did everybody behind me and then four or five sections over for me, and then he drained it, and it was just – that's when you knew the game was over. Well, we knew the game was over. But, I mean, when Donovan Klingon is splashing threes in your face, you got no chance. But everybody was on top of their game yesterday. I mean, even – Apostolos Rumaglau made the most of his time. He had a dunk. Hurley had a three, like you said. But that was, I think, our most complete win in years, honestly. Everybody looks fantastic. We really did not make any mistakes. Like, I was not mad about anything in that game. We just didn't make mistakes. We played as a team. And honestly, with that thing you said about the next loss, I don't see anybody beating us right as of right now. I mean, obviously – there's some tough ones ahead, you know, on the road, St. John's, not on the road, but that's a home game. Um, and then on the road, Creighton, on the road, Marquette. So those are a couple of tough ones, but I really don't see any teams that are better than us right now. Yeah, I wanted to savor Magoo for a little later, but we'll talk about him now. I mean, five minutes, he had five points. He had that steal that turned into the fast break dunk. If you look at the video, I believe the official MBB account posted it in their final. He, he was like, it was like an NFL player toe tapping and staying in bounds. I mean, looking at that, I'm shocked he stayed in, but I mean, he's making the most of his minutes, five points, a rebound, an assist, a steal and a block. I mean, he splashed a three. He, he's a guy who I thought would maybe get a little bit of run this year. Clearly not. But I feel like if he stakes, sticks around, he could potentially next year be a factor, even if it's just like in a in a Jalen Stewart role where you only play 11 minutes off the bench. And so this will be his third year next year, assuming he stays and doesn't transfer anywhere. This will be his third year in the program under Hurley. He's clearly going to know the system. I don't know. This is not a conversation for right now. This is a conversation for middle of July when there's nothing to talk about. Cam Spencer took four shots and we won by 43. If you were to 
you were to tell me that, I'd say you're crazy. I'd, I'd say, who did we play? A high school team? But, I mean, I, he had six rebounds, six assists, two steals. Cam, he's kind of – he's more well-rounded than I feel like he gets credit for. He gets – he's averaging, I believe – I can look right here instead of believing. Let's see. He's averaging 3.4 assists per game, which that's not nothing to overlook. I mean, four rebounds a game. I mean, he's really a lot more than the shooter we thought he was, even – even in a game where he's not shooting the ball, we don't need him to because he could get six assists. He can crash the glass, get those six boards. Yeah, I was going to add that um, Cam Spencer is just the ultimate glue guy. He fills all those kind of gaps that you have as a team. And when you need a bucket, I mean, he's there for you. Say your stars aren't on. Say Newton's not on. Say Caravan's not on. I mean, you feel perfectly comfortable with Cam Spencer taking, you know, a step back three, uh, cutting into the lane, you know, getting easy baskets for you. And, you know, say he's not taking those shots. Like you mentioned, he, you know, plays fantastic defense. He's a hustle guy. He's a great guy. He's everything you want out on the court. Um, He fills all those specific holes that a lot of teams just don't necessarily have. He's a little bit like, you know, Grayson Allen from back in the day. He'll just go out there and do whatever you need him to do. He's got that intensity to him. And you just love to have a guy like that on your team. I think that, that's just about all. There's not much more to say from a 43-point win. We could talk a little about the atmosphere, obviously, if you're unaware, which I don't know how you don't know this by now, but they honored the 2004 National Championship team, the 20-year anniversary. Pretty much the entire roster was in attendance. You got a Mecca Okafor, Ben Gordon, Rashad Anderson, Josh Boone, Talik Brown, a St. John's assistant, made his way in there. I saw someone said that he had to sign some sort of agreement, not because we play St. John's, like, a week from today, less less than a week from today. It's because they play Xavier on Wednesday, and that's, I guess, too close. I don't know. But nothing to do with us, the reason he had to do that. I don't know, everyone was joking how Talik had to sit up in the last row of the XL Center so he wouldn't be stealing any signs or whatever. But it's just a great atmosphere to have them there and a great game for them to be at. It would be awful if we bring them all back and we're number one in the country and – you lose by 10 to Xavier at home, kind of like that St. John's game last year. But awesome to see all those guys there. I believe the only one off the top of my head that wasn't there, Hilton Armstrong, he's with the Warriors as an assistant coach or something like that. But the rest of the roster is there. I'm just really happy to see Ben Gordon. I know he's kind of been out, out there, I'll put it. He hasn't really been in touch with the program since he left too much. But to see him come back was awesome. I hope He's, he definitely deserves to be in the Huskies of Honor. I know he's a kind of a controversial one, not not because he isn't in there, but I don't know. He's He just deserves it. I don't think he was put in. If he was, I completely missed that. I thought he, he wasn't. But if he isn't, he should be. He was a great player, a national champion, and, yeah, happy to see him there. Yeah, that was a really cool ceremony. I mean, Calhoun saying uh, with the way we're playing, let's go get another one. That fired the crowd up, obviously. But I also got to speak to a lot of those guys. You know, I made a joke with Charlie Vale in the way, but when I took a picture with him that uh, he asked if I was alive when they won the championship, I said no. But we, uh, I told him that I probably watched that game on tape more times than he had, and we laughed about it. But it's really cool to see those guys back, especially because a lot of them haven't been back in a long time. Like you said, Ben Gordon, I think I don't think Charlie Vale in the way has been here in a long time. I mean, Amek is the exception because he comes all the time. But it was really cool to see a team that I was never alive to watch but know so much about get honored. Um, but, yeah, it was, re it was really cool to see that. And I'm happy we won by a ton because you're right, Connor. Those guys probably aren't as quite in touch with the 
program as say a guy like we just interviewed like Boatwright is from a, a different national championship team. But it was really cool to see all those guys back in, together, especially with, with Coach Calhoun. It was also really cool to meet all of them. Yeah, I just double-checked that fact I said about Ben Gordon. According to the Wikipedia article of the Huskies of Honor under the section Future Honorees, UConn officials have indicated that men's basketball alumnus Ben Gordon will be added to the Huskies of Honor in the near future. The university is working with Gordon to determine when he will be able to attend an induction ceremony at a men's basketball game at Gamble Pavilion. So he's and not in yet. There. He's not in there. yet, but he should be in. He should have been in a long time ago, but I'm glad they're working on it. That should get done. And yeah, just all those names we've rattled off. That team was stacked. I mean, they got they had six NBA players on that team, not including a Rashad Anderson or Talik Brown, who were two of the most important pieces of that team. I mean, Ben Gordon, NBA, Mecca Okafor, NBA, Charlie, NBA, Josh Boone, Hilton Armstrong, Marcus Williams was just a freshman on that team. He still played in the NBA. I mean, you don't see you rarely see college teams with six NBA guys nowadays. Maybe a Duke that's like a bunch of raw freshmen, but that team was stacked. I really wish I was not even a year old when they won. So I really wish I could have witnessed that. But yeah, another guy that was at the game, Jordan Hawkins, that was kind of a surprise. He showed up like not even at the beginning. He was there like midway through the first half. Hurley said the staff said it was a surprise. Obviously he's he playing, he's playing in Boston right now, actually. So he had the day off. They flew in. I don't, I know they played, the Bucks against Andre Jackson. I don't remember where that game was, New Orleans or Milwaukee, but cool to see that picture, by the way, of Hawkins and Jackson doing the jersey swap. It's that's something you can show to future recruits that want to is a recruiting pitch that you want them to come to the program. But yeah, awesome to see him there. Kind of a surprise. I mean, he didn't have to go out of his way to do that. That just shows what the culture that UConn builds that guys on their day off from playing 82 games, they want to go back to their college, even though it's kind of out of the way, it's probably two hours away from Boston, but yeah, just awesome to see him. Awesome to see all those guys and awesome to see a big win. That picture of him and Jackson should be framed in that, uh, their facility. It should be huge framed and put on the wall somewhere because that is one of the coolest pictures I've ever seen. And you're sensing a common fear, uh, uh, Heck, word am I thinking of? Common theme. Hello, here. Also got to talk to Hawkins, met him, took a picture with him. It was really cool to see him come back. Like you said, Connor, he went out of his way, but you can tell he he was still in awe of being back and taking the court, having everybody cheer for him and stuff. But it was so cool to see him back. He's my favorite Husky in the past couple of years. So very cool to see him back. But also, I mean, he's got to be thrilled that this team is still winning with all these guys that he played with last year, like Newton, Diara, Clean, Caravan. Um, but he's got to be thrilled that this team is doing probably better than we were last year. But he's the first of the big three, I'll call them, that we lost to come back. I'm sure the the others will come back at some point. But it, like Connor said, it just worked out for him. And it was it was really, really cool to see him back in Hartford, his home. I think that's kind of we kind of beat that whole game and experience to death. It was a probably one of the best days for UConn basketball in quite a long time. But before we get to the preview of the Providence game this week, I want to talk about the 2024 Bob Cousy top 10 candidates. A guy, Tristan Newton, is on there, of course. He's having a breakout season compared to last year. He's I'm looking at the names here. He has a pretty solid chance of winning the award. I mean, 
Isaiah Stevens of Colorado State, he's a solid point guard and they're He's he's the, really the main reason they're even close to being a tournament team of ranks. But I, I'd take Newton over him. Jamal Shedd of Houston. Houston is Houston. I mean, I'd take Newton over him. Dewan Harris of Kansas averages seven points per game. He shouldn't be on this list. Tyler Kolek, of course, he's a solid point guard. But I feel like he's taken a little step down from last year's Big East Player of the Year run. Javon Quinterly from Memphis. I mean, he plays at Memphis, the American. There's no way he can win that award. Boo Booey of Northwestern. I mean, he's a solid scorer, but I'd still take Newton. Zakai Ziegler of Tennessee. I mean, I'd take Newton over all these guys. Max Acemus of Texas. We saw him earlier this year. Wade Taylor of Texas A&M. I'd take Tristan Newton over all these guys. Maybe that's just my bias. Obviously, all 10 are phenomenal players and deserve to be on this list. But, I mean, I didn't even see him, Newton, coming close to being on this list at the beginning of the year. I, I the leap The leap he's taken has really been a sight to see, and he certainly deserves it. He's going to be on some first-team All-American ballots, especially if we stay at the top at number one or even number two. You gotta, you gotta honor the top team like that with a, with a player. And I feel like Newton, Newton's going to be that guy. He's for us in the Big East. I feel like we have three guys that all average around what 14, 15, 16, and Newton, Spencer, Caravan. So none of them are probably end up winning Big East Player of the Year. Maybe. They probably should, but there's other guys that have higher counting stats, including a guy we're going to get to in a moment here with Providence, who I think probably is the front runner at this point for the award, even though the Friars aren't doing as good as they thought they'd be. But that's a good jump, good segment into this game. Providence, Wednesday night at Gamble Pavilion, 8.30 start. It's a late one, I believe. Well, I I, I definitely know it's a, it's a blue out, which we don't really see too often. And I'm this isn't confirmed, but based off the graphic, it looks like we're wearing our blue jerseys, which would be very interesting for a home game. I don't think I've ever seen us do that. But before we get into this, what's your initial thoughts going into this matchup? Obviously, we've won eight in a row, Providence. They've won three in a row quietly. They're kind of surging. How you guys feel? Yeah, you were just mentioning uh, Tristan Newton and the guy we were talking about, Devin Carter. Um this is going to be a, a very guard-oriented oriented matchup. Uh, both Newton and Carter lead their teams in three major statistical categories, points, rebounds, assists, which is crazy considering they're both point guards. Um, you know, I'm, I'm really excited to have Providence come in our building uh, with this run that we're on. Providence, you know, no matter where they are in the standings, that's always a game you want to win because Providence thought that, you know, they were to our level for such a long time and – you know, they could raise as many, you know, Big East trophies as they want, but I don't think they'll ever reach that stage, you know, that we've reached five times. So it's just exciting to have them, you know, come in on this run that we're on and, you know, be able to put them away pretty easy, hopefully. Yeah, you mentioned Devin Carter. He has been the guy for them. And a guy that's notably notably missing from this game will be Bryce Hopkins. He tore his ACL. I want to I don't remember if it was a full month ago. It's been a few weeks since he did that he obviously was one of the finalists for Big East Player of the Year last year. It was really going to be him, Kolek, or Sule Boom from Xavier. They were the big three that ended up going to Kolek. But, yeah, without Hopkins, Providence is really, really taking a dip. Well, I did mention they won three in a row, but that comes after they dropped four consecutive games. They were looking like a tournament team for sure, but they're kind of on the bubble now, so they're certainly going to be giving their all in this game because they really need – if they get a signature win like this, it'd be – 
go a long way for the resume, but what do you I, I still I feel like we easily win this game, but I'm going to go back on a point I made about the Xavier game when I thought we might lose a home game. This is a game I don't know. We're kind of rivals. If we drop a home game, I I expect us to drop this one more than like a Marquette at home, which is weird. It's just a weird feeling. We're always due for one stinker a year. Maybe that stinker was Seton Hall, but I don't know. I feel like we should and we will win this game, but I just got another weird feeling. I don't like the blue out because that means Providence is going to wear white. That's not right. You don't watch a team wear dark at home and the other team wear white. Like I, I don't like that. But um, I think the, the atmosphere is going to be fantastic as always. But I don't know. I still think I still think this Providence team thinks that they can be good because of how good Devin Carter's been. I think it's going to be a tough game. But I, I still think we win just because of how we're playing. We're not showing any signs of, of crumbling when we get down. I mean, we let Xavier right back into that game at the Cintas Center. Uh, even we let UNC back into the game. We came back against Kansas. So I'm not I'm not seeing any signs of – of being down and losing the game immediately. So I think we'll still win, but it will definitely be a good game. I'm definitely more worried for Saturday than, than uh, Wednesday. Yeah, of course, Saturday at the garden versus St. John's, another team who probably is on the right side of the bubble. We'll get, we'll talk about that later in the week in our next episode though. I mentioned Carter who will be a factor. I mentioned Hopkins will not, who else does Providence have kind of a different, Look, team, obviously, with no more Ed Cooley. Kim English came in from George Mason. But Josh Aduro averages 14.8 points per game. He's their center. He's from George Mason. He's a guy, he's, I don't know, I feel like Klingon should be able to handle him, and I don't think he can really handle Klingon. So that could be, it's not to the extent of the Xavier matchup. Aduro is certainly better than the Xavier bigs, but Klingon should not have a field day, but he should have another solid double-figure performance. Jaden Pierre, the point guard. You got Ticket Gaines, who also came over from from uh, George Mason. He's a he takes a lot of threes. He he makes a decent amount, thirty five percent. And then Garway Duel, who's a freshman point guard. A lot of people said could potentially be a one and done. He's averaging three point seven points per game. So that that dream clearly isn't going to happen. Rafael Castro, Rich Barron, and our good friend Corey Floyd rounds out the rotation. So this is. Certainly a team that could give us fits. I don't think it's a team that has enough talent to beat us, but I don't know. It's it's going to be a fun matchup. UConn Providence games are always fun. It it's it, they're they it's a great rivalry. Even though we have like Matt mentioned, we have five titles. They don't have one. It's just it's a fun to have these local New England rivalries in the Big East and. I feel like there's going to be a decent amount of Friars fans that make the trip. I know there's always a decent amount of UConn fans. I I went to the game last year in Providence. It's not far, but yeah, this is going to be a great rivalry game that we should come out on top. Yeah, you mentioned about Providence. You know, you don't. You, there are a few ways that could beat us. Just being scrappy, but I just overall don't think they have the scoring. Um, UConn is one of the highest scoring teams in the country this year, around 80 points per game. So. It's going to be tough for them and honestly anybody from this point on to, you know, kind of match that tempo, uh, especially with the defense that we've been playing with clinging back. You know, we're on we're on a good track here. I just don't think they have the scoring. They have three guys over double digits, but then after that, it, it could come from anywhere. So, you know, you just got to put the ball in the basket like you've been doing. Keep playing how you've been playing and we should make easy work. Providence. Yeah, Garway Duel, who is minus Hopkins here, he's their fifth leading scorer at under four points per game. I don't 
I feel like that's kind of impressive. How do you have four like four guys averaging nine plus and then no one else even averaging four? I agree. Scoring for them might be an issue. Let's see how they've scored recently. Just just get an idea. I'll pull up their schedule. They scored 84 versus Georgetown, 67 versus Seton Hall. They dropped 100 on DePaul, but who doesn't? But 65 in a loss versus Xavier, 73 versus St. John's in a loss, 60 versus Creighton in a loss, 57 versus Seton Hall in a loss. So I feel like the way our defense has been over the past few weeks, especially looking at that Creighton game, which is what, now two weeks ago almost, we allowed 48 to Creighton. This could be another game where we allow like less than 50 points. I mean, hopefully that's not wishful thinking, but the way our defense has been, especially with clinging back in the fold, I mean, there's a stat. I don't think I mentioned it already on here. I mentioned it before we started recording, but in Klingon's 35 possessions on defense in the Xavier game, uh, the Musketeers scored 12 points. That's not 12 baskets in 35 possessions. That's 12 points. That's 0.34 points per possession. That's... That's video game numbers. That might not even be video game numbers. That's hard to do in a video game. But yeah, Klingon being back is our defense is taking it took a dip without him. It's taken a huge rise with him. Now I know you uh you usually do the the next segment thing because you're host you're the host, but I have a very specific player to watch here. So if that's okay, I'm gonna get it started. And it's gonna be Klingon. It's very here's here's why it's specific. It's going to be clinging with over 20, and our guards combined, Newton, Diara, Solo, and I guess you can count Spencer as a guard, are going to have less than 15 points combined. That's how I think Devin Carter is going to play. I think he's going to have a double-double with over 20 points and over 10 rebounds, obviously, and I think it's going to be a pretty low-scoring game because I just we just scored 99 on them, and I feel like Providence's defense is far better than Xavier's, but that's that's what I think. Klingon is gonna have over twenty, and our guard, our four guards combined, are gonna have less than fifteen, maybe less than twenty. I'm just excited for this point guard matchup, so I feel like I might be stealing Connors here, but I'm gonna roll with Newton because I want to see how he matches up against Devin Carter. Um, you know, ultimately this matchup could decide who wins uh, the award at the end of the year. But I just want to see Newton come out here and kind of make a statement. He obviously had those few weeks where he wasn't himself. It's kind of bounced back into form, so I want to see him, you know, hopefully not follow what Andrew said, put up more than 15 points himself. But, yeah, I'm going to roll with Newton. I'm going to see how he does against Carter. Yeah, that's an interestingly low prediction. But if it's right, I mean, you called it. But I wasn't going to go Newton. I'm going to go one of the guys off the bench and solo ball. I mean, you scored 12 points and hit four threes. Now what? Are you going to go back to not scoring? in playing five minutes i'm sure that's not in his control the minutes but don't just don't hit the ceiling and then immediately start falling down try to stay near that ceiling and i feel like this is another one where he's going to be more of a factor because providence is worse than creighton and this certainly isn't villanova on the road it's providence at home so i think solo will be around that 10 minute mark i want to see him in 10 minutes i feel like he can Make a three and get another basket. I want to see five points out of solo ball. Just not another dud, which he kind of had before his 12 points against Xavier. I just want him to be consistent. If we have a consistent eighth guy like that, we're going to go a long way. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Our our uh, our podcast here kind of has a, a knack of 
being completely wrong. Like Connor said, we might lose to Xavier. We won by 43. So now that I said that, I'll bet Newton scores 30. Yeah, and once this game finishes up, if you could come away with the one in this one, you got St. John's at the Garden, which I feel like we should win. You guys have your doubts, but in my mind, I feel like we should win that. We got Butler. We should win there. Um, at Georgetown, should be another win. DePaul and then Marquette is that game. I feel like if you can win that Marquette game, I mean, you're looking at not losing again. Um, you get you got to win this Providence game in order to start this streak. I mean, we've been on quite a run, but another chance to streak here. You got to play the season in, in in sections. So, you know, if you can beat Providence here, I want to see how how hot this team can get come March. Yeah, but one last thought. That stretch, the final six games before Big East tournament, Marquette at Creighton, Nova, Seton Hall at Marquette and at Providence. That's that's probably as, as tough as a six game stretch as you're gonna get, even though there are three home games in there. But yeah, like you say, you gotta play the season in segments. We're currently in the win or else it's a bad loss segment of the season. Maybe at St. John's wouldn't be the worst loss in the world, but it's not one you wanna lose. But you can't lose to Providence at home. You can't lose to Butler at home. If you lose to Georgetown or DePaul, I don't know what I'd do. But, yeah, you just got to just play the game in front of you at this point. Like, you can't look ahead. You got to just be focused on Providence. And then once you beat them, focus on St. John's. You can't be worried about what Mar that Marquette game is on February 17th. You can't be worried about three weeks ago, three weeks from now and on. You got to be in the moment, which I know the team is. I'm not saying they aren't. but. Yeah, unless you guys got anything else, I think that'll just about do it here. Episode 58, recapping a historic, for many reasons, a historic win over Xavier by 43 points, broke the record for most players making a three in a game and tied our program record for made threes in a game. And preview to what will be a fun matchup against Providence on Wednesday night. It's a late one, 8.30. Usually, it probably won't start to like 8.40-ish. Usually, that's what FS1 does with the second game of like the doubleheader. But it's going to be a late one. If you make it out to Gamble, I mean, it's going to be loud. It's going to be a blowout. We're blue. I am unfortunately don't think I'm going to make it. It's a little late for me. But, yeah, that's, it's going to be a great game, and that's all I got. It's going to be fun. The season's been fun, 18-2. and two. I mean, I don't think I saw, any of us saw 18-2 and two coming from this team. We knew we'd be good. We knew we'd be, we'd be ranked near the top. But just to be number one for now the third straight week, it's a lot of fun. It's a fun Fun time to be a UConn Huskies fan. That's all I got. Thanks for watching.